the goods being exported is not exempt from, from indirect tax in this context, VAT. Um, the price charge is, is, is much higher in, in the country of destination, and then it puts it at a, I mean, at a disadvantage. Does that bring in more revenue to the, the government? I would say no. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to another discussion uh, on the Africa Asia platform. So tonight we're having a discussion on tax, and it's been a while since we've discussed matters tax and Africa. And tonight we'll be speaking about how tax affects African goods and services in the global market. And tonight uh, we have a guest. Uh, very nice to have someone to speak about this uh, af this tax topic with. Uh, Darling Stone, I'll let you introduce yourself and then we'll get started. Darling Stone Tallery, I'm the Commissioner for Taxes at the Liberia Revenue Authority here in Liberia. Uh, my job is to take care of all inland revenue administer and collect all Indian revenue for the government of Liberia. Yeah, so you're not sure that's who I am and that's what I do. Okay. Thanks, Darlingstone. And it's good to have you tonight. Uh, I'm, I also practice tax in Kenya. So uh, I'm an advocate of the High Court of Kenya and I practice tax law. So I this discussion, I hope, is going to be quite enriching to anyone who, who listens to it. So, and we've divided the discussion where we will speak about how tax affects services. Um, and then we go to how tax affects goods, all these coming, both goods and services coming from Africa to the, the, the global market. And then uh, how that impacts the African economies. Uh, so, Darlingstone, I'll let you uh, speak first, uh, share your thoughts. You could start with either services or goods or whichever side you'd want to start from? Yeah, so I will first start with service, right? Uh, on the global front, um, with the context of Africa, services are being moved across the digital economy. Um, you, it's, it's bulletless, we don't see it. So the, the volume of service is ever increasing, especially in those regions that, that, that have a lot of young people and that whose uh, economic impact economic well-being is being driven mainly by services through the internet. Africa being no exception to what is happening, especially so in, in South Africa, in Nigeria, where the issue, issue of um, user participation, um, the issue of how, how services are being marketed across. And then it comes down to how these services, if they are physically being provided in a particular country, Normally, it will be governed by that country domestic tax law. But then the, the intricate part has to do with cross-border transaction. It goes across the border, and then it becomes more uh, harder. It becomes tougher as to how to tax it because it's right now in the international arena. The OECD has been championing right the issue of um, international tax in the international tax arena. Um, ATAF, the African Tax Administration Forum, has been very vocal as well in how to tax these services where taxing rights should be uh, uh, should be excited. Has it driven the price of goods and services up? I would say it depends. 
it depends it, it depends on how that service is being taxed to some large extent those services are not taxed in the market jurisdiction uh, market jurisdiction being africa in this context that mainly uses uh, africa uses the services but they are being taxed in jurisdictions that are resident of companies that are providing the services to africa so now the, the paradigm should be shifted to to the market jurisdiction to excite or to exercise its taxing right or those services that are being provided to Africa. As, as an experience, I will say that some of the services are not being um, overtaxed or they are not being regularly taxed as they should be because of no physical presence in a particular country. If we go over to good, good is quite different because physically we see it. So they come through the borders, they either come through the land or the sea border. That one you can see, and that one you can exercise, or you can you can exercise your taxing rights. So at the port of entry, so if it's at the port of Mombasa in Kenya, or it's at the the free port of Morovia in Liberia, then the government of Kenya or the government of Liberia can exact taxes through through the imposition of custom duties and other taxes, um, VAT, for instance. Um, excess tax in the context of whether it's an alcoholic or non-alcoholic good, then a particular government can, can exact its taxing rights because it moves physically across the border. So that's a tricky difference between the taxation of service vis-a-vis -vis the taxation of good. One is physical, you can see it, but the other because you cannot see it and the movement of it is so massive, um, so it's, it becomes difficult to tax. Uh, yes, and uh, the comments you make are quite interesting, especially with the use of services and especially digital services and among the youth population, which is quite high in Africa. And I also wanted uh, to add some points on the services, uh, but this is in the case of like services which are being provided, especially digital services being provided from Africa. And most times someone would think Africa is always importing, but there has been an increase with like innovations coming from Africa that uh, people are trying to innovate and come up with solutions that they can sell to the global market. So, or, or you can, you'll find something like someone has developed a phone app uh, from Kenya, which may be downloaded uh, like from the Play Store, from the Android, uh, the Google Play Store, the Apple Store. And now what has been happening, for instance, if I may use Kenya, is that so VAT is being charged on services. But now what has been happening is that when you're exporting a service, which now means uh, in that case you're in Kenya, and it could be that maybe you're offering the service to someone, let's say, in Canada, or you're offering whatever it is that uh, they are downloading in Canada, and then Kenya wants to impose VAT on that uh, when you're exporting. Ideally, under the OECD rules, when you're exporting, you should not charge VAT so that now the goods, when they're leaving your country, they should be charged in that country where they're being consumed, which is what Darlingstone is saying. For instance, uh, like if you're bringing services into Kenya, Kenya ideally should be the one that should tax the person who is consuming that service in Kenya. So... But then on the other hand, if Kenya is selling something going outside Kenya, it should not be subject to VAT, which is value-added tax, which are the goods and service tax uh, in Kenya. 
But now something that has been happening uh, with different countries is that uh, there, there are different ways you go around it. You could decide you even someone, when someone is selling the goods out of the country, you want to tax it or to apply the rules like uh, which is a bit more detailed uh, for someone who doesn't practice taxes. Like if you exempt those goods from tax, then it means that the cost increases. So these are the considerations when you're saying that we will tax this economy especially domestically you also need to consider how that's going to impact when someone wants to create like an app and it's downloadable everywhere in the world so that you can give you can enable the people domestically to be able to offer these solutions in a way that's affordable so that someone is able to pick a kenyan product uh, and the same way they would pick a product from China, for instance. If the Kenyan product is very highly priced because of tax, then maybe it might impact the, their competition. And especially because now it's very borderless. So when someone is going to like the Apple store, if it's functioning, the app is functioning, you really don't care where the developer is. And sometimes you don't even know where the developer is. And uh, and then also uh, on the goods, um, uh, the difference which has been highlighted about like the goods and the services is that you see the services could be virtual someone is downloading things someone is offering trainings someone is offering uh like if you go to instagram someone is offering workout sessions and someone is just sends you a downloadable link it doesn't matter where you are someone can download that information on that link but then now on the goods you actually either take goods physically from kenya take them to liberia so now in that case is that uh when you're looking at it like from the side of kenya sending goods uh, to liberia is to ask how can kenya make sure that when its goods go to liberia of course subject to other factors that they are not so expensive because of the taxes that have been levied in Kenya, that they cannot compete in the in the Liberia market. Of course, uh, there is all the rules that will apply because you don't want again to go and uh, kill the industries in Liberia because the goods coming from Kenya are so subsidized that they're destroying the industries there. So, so these are some of the considerations, which is just general overview of what you look at on like how taxes either impact. Uh, goods that are being consumed locally or goods that are being sold. Uh, Darlingstone, I'll let you like add more to this discussion. One interesting point you raised concerning um, the imposition of taxes on export, right? Um, VAT. I think for I think it's very critical that countries like you right there alluded to the fact that the OECD says that at the point of origin they should not be taxed VAT. But at, at the point of destination, it should be taxed. Um, I, I think it makes it is 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 the point in the right direction because it makes your product more competitive. Um, if a country um, imposes VAT or indirect taxes on on export, what it does is that it puts um, the industry, the local industry in a particular country, at a disadvantage in terms of competition. All right. So if you are exporting from Kenya to say Uganda or to Liberia with a VAT charge, and then at the point of destination is also charged. By the time it gets on the market in Liberia, if the price is is say ten United States dollars, it might go to as high as fifty United States dollars. And if that particular product in Liberia at the same competitive edge 
a might issue, say, for $20. So then you put the product from King out of disadvantage. So most countries, policy-wise, they make that informed policy decision say, hey, VAT or indirect taxes on export is either zero-rated or it's just completely exempt from VAT. And I think it's, I, I think it's very critical that um, 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 countries consider that um, to put the economy at you know at the competitive edge, and um, on the issue of services, right? Um, especially when a in order to encourage an R and D, R and D means research and development. What countries do in terms of the development of R and D? Say, you talk about um, say a software being developed by a Kenya, by a young a young a young person in Kenya. Um, some countries would just say, okay, I give you, I give you a tax break, right? I give you a tax break or I give you these kind of incentive um, to develop the R&D because once you develop it and you start to export it, it brings in more tax revenue to the particular country. So from the, from the development stage, you give it some level of incentive that in when when it when it comes to exploitation of that particular r d then revenue because and then revenue is generated so i think such policies should be considered by, by by african by african countries in terms of what can they do to grow innovation right um in africa innovation that you give in tax incentive tax break uh, in terms of services that a particular industry or particular person wants to develop that will in the medium to long term bring in more revenue into the country so i think we need to in the african governments especially the minister of finance um need to look into that direction i know that many countries are finding it very abusive in terms of the level of incentive they gave out it is being it's being abused right now but i think we see, we need to um, um muster the courage and, and ensure that the incentive that we gave is targeted and towards growing the economy and towards exporting the product from a particular country like the instance you gave about um say the software being developed in kenya i think it's very critical yes uh yes darlingstone i agree with what you're saying and especially when like i'll give the example of kenya what has been happening is that uh, so the law was changed on like when you're exporting a service from Kenya. What happens is that uh, you see to produce something, even if it's a service, for you to be able to offer it, you have to incur cost. And uh, this cost, especially from a VAT side, what happens is let's say I'm offering consultancy services uh, to to a company in Mauritius. So what happens in Kenya is that I'll need office space and office space I'll be charged VAT on it. I'll need pens, I'll need paper, I'll need all these things. So what Kenya has done is that uh, they're saying that all the VAT that you incur to be able to offer this product for export, you cannot claim it back. So what has happened is that um, the cost what I'm going to charge someone who I'm offering the consultancy services to in, in Mauritius it must include an element of the cost that I incurred, which includes uh, the tax that I was charged so that I can offer this service. So what has ended up happening is that, and this, this is affecting especially like uh, 
flower exporters who need certain services done locally uh, like to consolidate the flowers and to do all these things services that you're offering so now what happens is that when the products go to the market is that you end up being quite highly uh, priced because as a business you're trying to recover the cost but there's there's quite a lot uh, and also what uh, you've spoken about uh, so darlingstone and myself we've done added uh so the advanced diploma and international tax and i remember like one of the options that i was doing was for on china tax and one of the uh incentives that china has really been trying to push is for the research and development in the technology side uh, and as you can see because uh, the tech industry and the tech um, economy the digital economy in china is like one of the really really like it's really high numbers right now in china like you see products like tiktok coming from china you see like even the 5g it's huawei offering it so there's such a huge incentive that's given from a tax perspective for the highly digitalized businesses in china so you find like if you in the technologies um, sector in china or if you offer an investment of a certain percentage to a startup that is in the digital economy you get a certain incentive so these are some of the things which uh, we will speak a bit more on like how tax impacts investment decisions and how uh, governments especially within africa can make use of such things so ideally i know uh, it's it's discouraged because as has been highlighted that people take advantage of those incentives and as well because you can't set up for a short period of time you may not deliver on the objective you may just create a product whether it's a digital platform but then not host it in kenya transfer it to the netherlands yet used all the incentives that were being given in kenya so but the, the, these are some of the considerations um uh, to, to 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 take into account uh darlingstone i'll let you possibly comment on uh why these considerations are important for african economies why is it important uh that someone actually takes into account these kinds of things whether it's the government departments whether it's the finance sectors especially in this era of uh both actually both trading goods and services so that you can improve the economy why is like considering what implications that your rules uh, whether it's in incentives that you're giving or it's the in indirect taxes that you're imposing on your export, how does that actually impact your economy? Why is it an important consideration? Well, so Christine, like, like, like I mentioned, right, I, I, I think it, it puts the economy of a particular country at a disadvantage in terms of um, um, its export. So if the goods being exported is not exempt from from indirect tax in this context VAT. Um, the price charge is, is is much higher in 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 the country of destination, and they impose it at a, I mean at a disadvantage. Does that bring in more revenue to the the government? I would say no. Um, that's why I said that um, giving of incentives need to be targeted. It needs to be well managed. It needs to be well monitored, right? If you are targeting, say, the flower industry in Kenya, what is the policy objective? What 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 is it that the government wants to achieve when when an incentive is given to the flower industry? Does it want to boost its balance of trade? Does it want to boost 
the revenue generated from the sector? Does it want to increase the number of employment? If those are policy objectives of the government and then um, tax incentives are given, then, 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 then I would say yes, then it's targeted. Then, then, then those targets can be measured, right? Are more revenue coming to the government? Are more people being employed? Are the goods, are the, the flower industry, say in Zambia or in, in, in the Western, in, in the West, are they being more competitive in terms of sales? Right. So if all of these questions are yes, the answers to these questions are yes, then we can say, OK, our policy objectives of giving these incentives are being met because revenue are being generated. Employment is taking place in the sector. The prices of the of flowers on the international market are competitive enough that they are being sold. So my point of emphasis is that um, giving of incentive to learn in um, revenue should be targeted. Another thing I think African countries should be cons concerned of, um, quickly I want to mention, is the issue of the people taking advantage by abusing these, these, these incentives. Some of them lead to huge frauds uh, that dip into the revenue envelope of the national government. There are massive corruption, massive collusion that these incentives could be exposed to. So that's why in our, in, in our space, we normally say that when an incentive is issued, right, it should, be, it should be with a policy direction. So I've quite just a while ago mentioned three policy objectives that a country could, could say that's the reason we want to give this, this incentive. Because the economy, especially after COVID, where most African governments are struggling to meet the basic social needs of the people, I think it's critical to think and think and rethink on strategies of boosting revenue and some ways that we can boost revenue um, through, I mean, through taxation is the issuance of these incentives to incentivize innovations, to incentivize growth in the economy that will grow and bring in more tax revenue. I think that once it's guided, once it's targeted, once the safeguards are in place to fight uh, corruption, to fight fraud, to fight leakages, I think it can be a major boost to the African economy and bring in more revenue. Okay, uh, thanks for that, darling Stone. And I think um, the thing to mention, though, and some someone listening to this uh, to caution about also on the incentives is that uh, so uh, within the same regional community for instance within ECOWAS or within the east africa community you find that uh, tanzania decides to reduce its taxes in a certain sector to attract investment then what happens is that uganda feels like because we are within the same region we want to attract the same investment we will even go lower than tanzania in the investment that we are giving which leads to a situation called race to the bottom where each country is trying to go as low as they can and then at the end what happens is that you end up all of you losing because now what investors do is that they hope from one they hop from one country to the other and then to the other and then they use that as a negotiating tool where you tell someone you know the Kenya tax rules are so good we, we would rather go set up in Kenya unless you give us this thing uh, and they're telling this to you the Uganda authorities of course there are many factors that should impact the tax decision uh, decisions of like where you invest or what you do but tax 
definitely is normally one of them so that's the other situation that could arise out of it and right now in the world uh, because of the of the global value chains is that uh, you can get your chains of let's say uh, i am assembling a phone i could source the labor to assemble it uh, from one country and then get uh, someone to market it from another country i can get someone who can do the legal contracts in another country because you can segregate your functions across uh, across the world in different places now what has happened is that most businesses now con- and then also there's remote working so people now uh, you don't need to be in, a, in like in Kenya to do uh, to do work for a Kenyan company. You could be in Liberia and be working for a Kenyan company, especially when you're doing this remote uh, work. So what has ended up also again from a tax perspective is that you consider as a business, w- why should I pay this amount of like employment taxes uh, in Kenya when I could uh, pack all my stuff in Nigeria and have them be doing work for the Kenyan companies? So why this is important uh, to take into account all these things is that one, this can have a direct effect on your employment rates in a country. If, for instance, you're not, uh, someone decides that we will be employing all our staff working for Kenya from uh, India, we are outsourcing all our call centers to India. It means that there's less work for Kenyans, uh, Kenyan staff or for Ghana, uh, Ghana staff. And then also decisions like if we decide we are moving all our assembly functions to this country, then it impacts the jobs. So it's not only on the amount of tax that the government is collecting. Uh, it's also that it has it trickles down to the industries and the employment rates and how you're doing not only in your trade, uh, in the global market, but whether your industry survive. So like the example I gave for Kenya, where like uh, business people are not able to claim the taxes that they incurred uh, to produce the services they're exporting to the uh, to the international market. Well, then that means is that how much can you can can the domestic industry sustain itself if you are not able to export? Especially when right now, as I've said, the value chains globally are so integrated. So if you are not able to tap in and be able to export your service, or no one wants to buy services from Kenya because of the cost of it, uh, then not only does it impact the revenue that's being collected, it cuts Kenya off the global value chains because no one will be wanting to get services from Kenya. So these are so the discussion about tax is not just looking at uh, just the revenue uh, collection, but it has a huge impact on the global perspective of how much value you're getting or uh, you're contributing to the global value chains and therefore as a return you're earning from it and also like your employment rates it will affect your industries and uh, all these points um darlingston i'll let you make your closing remarks and then we will end the discussion for tonight we can pick up uh, the discussion further on uh, investments and how taxes might impact uh, investments um, thank you, Christine. Uh, but I, I think the 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 recent development on the international tax arena, particularly the OECD Pillar One and Pillar Two in, um, initiative, particularly Pillar Two that has to do with the minimum tax rule. I think I mean there are sectors that are carved out of those rules, but I think with the introduction of the minimum tax rule, it will 
ensure that it, it will kind of it will not mean it will not eradicate it, but it will minimize the risk to the bottom in terms of where where an industry can go. I mean, where investment is concerned, because now once that particular industry is not carved out of the rule, they will be subject to the minimum tax rate. Right. So once and then once your effective tax rate is below the minimum tax, it is it is it is top up and tax accordingly. So I, I think that's I mean I think that's a good that I mean I, I think that's a good way to 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 discourage the movement um, of industries owing to uh, you know this these have aggressive tax planning that these multinationals do that if, that impact the economy of our countries. Right. So so I, I think that, I mean, African countries need to pay keen attention to, you know, to that. Aside from taxation, like you mentioned, it impacts the growth of employment. It impacts innovation. So, yeah, I agree. In my passing, in my, in my, in my closing comments, I think that um, African countries need to pay more attention to research. Um, to determine the impact of taxation, whether it is growing the economy, what 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 level of um, so tax to GDP ratio, how is it, um, and, and the, the the kind of revenue that is being generated, and and then it will inform a particular government to say how they can design the tax policy to grow the economy or to stabilize it post COVID pandemic. I think it's it's key. Research in the impact of taxation, research in the impact of investment is key, right? That, 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 will, that will inform um, decision, tax policy decision, how to carve it out. Because like you said, that a, a, an industry can move from Kenya to Zambia because of the, the tax rate. But if the minimum tax is 15%, there will be no incentive to move from Kenya so Uganda or to Zambia, or say you move as far as away to Liberia, all right? So yeah, uh, I, I mean it's a it's a very interesting topic. We could we are so passionate about taxation. We could go on and on talking about the impact of of it. But I I think I look forward to our next our next our next section, um, um in, in talking in talking about tax and the effect it, it has on on the African. On the African economy, whether it's on the African economy at the global level or individual African countries, I think it's very key in this either a post-COVID pandemic or um, some 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 countries are in between it right now. I think it's key that we keep talking about the impact of it. Yes, Christine. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, Darlingstone, for that. In fact, we should discuss a bit more about uh, the global minimum tax and its effect on Africa. Uh, and it's interesting that not all African countries even agreed to sign on the OECD Pillar 1, Pillar 2 solution. Like Kenya didn't sign, Nigeria didn't sign. Isn't it Kenya and, Kenya and Nigeria did not sign? Yeah, uh, quite interesting, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but all, yeah, all the countries. But ETAF has been pushing, ETAF has been pushing you know, for the, I mean, all of us has been saying that the, the rules are kind of quite complex. The rules need to be simplified. But like you say, it's a discussion. It's a whole discussion for another day. Um, yeah, we could take it as a as a very critical topic as as well. Yeah, and especially to try and break it down now that we 
we have taken the time to at least look at the rules uh, to break it down for someone looking for such information. But thanks a lot, Darlingstone, for coming by and having this discussion. We'll pick up the discussion on this in the next weeks. Uh, anyone listening to this, please leave your comments and let us know what your thoughts are on this topic. And you could also consider coming to the platform and sharing your ideas on these topics uh, for tonight. Thank you for listening and uh, it's goodbye from us.